Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Before I introduce our guest, just a quick reminder that selected interviews are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store as well as on TV on the Roku channel and Amazon Fire TV. Our app name on all platforms is The Author Show. No parent wants to outlive their child, and when a child dies from suicide, the shock and grief are nearly unbearable. Author Laura Formentini has written 21 Olive Trees, A Mother's Walk Through the Grief of Suicide to Hope and Healing. In her book, Laura traces her path from grief to understanding and healing, and Laura is here to tell us more. Laura, welcome to The Author's Show. Linda, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. You're very welcome. So will you please give us a quick overview of 21 Olive Trees, A Mother's Walk Through Grief of Suicide to Hope and Healing? This is a book that traces my path from the initial uncontrollable grief to understanding and healing after my son's suicide, which took place in 2019. And it's shown through a collection of 21 letters and poems that I wrote to Blaze, my son, in the year after his untimely death. It's a celebration of life where the morals of each story reflect the wisdom that Blaze and I gained during the years we spent living and traveling together. Will you please share with us why you wanted to write 21 Olive Trees? Yes, I started writing the book just five or six weeks after his passing. And actually, I did not know that it would turn out into a book. I started writing in a form of healing myself. So I started writing a few poems and then a fable and then late letters. And it was just a cathartic way of healing myself. But then what happened was I met in a serendipitous way, the right people who told me, listen, this could be a book that could really help other people heal people who are going through their own grief and dark moments. It could heal them as well. And so that's what happened. I started looking for an illustrator, and she is actually a wonderful woman who lives in Birmingham in England. And we started working together, and little by little, it turned out to be a piece of art because it's really, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very unusual melding of genres because it's poems, it's fables, it's letters, and each fable has a moral to it. And the illustrations are, you know, alongside with the fables, they really give a full idea of what I was thinking, what I was going through. You and your son were so close and you traveled around the world with him. Where were you and what were your first thoughts when you learned of his passing? I was working in Ethiopia when I heard of his passing and I was on a photography job. And when I received the news, I obviously was uh, distraught and had to figure out a way to get back to the United States because that's where it happened. And so one of my friends in Ethiopia helped me to book not just one flight, but four flights going back to the States. I ended up on a 35-hour halfway around the globe trip by myself. Wow. 
Well, Laura, on your website, you write about the day you learned of Blaze's suicide. Will you please share a little bit about, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Asifa? Asifa was a wonderful person who was a beacon who appeared in my darkest hour. He was a friend of one of my friends there, and he was a complete stranger who volunteered to be with me the whole entire time while I was waiting to board the first flight. And I'm telling you, he appeared and he said, yes, I'm going to volunteer and stay with you the whole entire day until you depart. He held my hand for 10 hours straight the whole entire day. And he, he took me to lunch. He took me to a couple of archaeological museums. And he stayed with me the whole time until the time came for me to board the first flight. And when I asked him, why did you do all of this for me when you don't even know me? And he said, I didn't do anything special, Laura. It was my human responsibility. And that stayed with me, not only saved me, but it stayed with me. And in fact, it's something that prompted me to start writing when I was back in the States. Wow, that's going to stay with me as well. So once you started writing, how long did it take you to bring your book to fruition? From beginning to the end, I would say about a year and a half. Obviously, the poems are very personal, and I never changed the poems. I left them the way they were because they came out of my soul, and I just wanted to keep them as they were without editing them. But with the fables, I had to write them, rewrite them, edit them, and the illustrations took a while. In fact, I wanted them to be perfect and really reflect a lot of what Blaze was, and so it took a while. So you were your own illustrator? My illustrator is the person I met online. She's from Birmingham, England, and she's a wonderful illustrator who's done a lot of work with authors all over the world. And we clicked right away. I told her what the story was about, and the illustrations are very intricate. And she was a fan of the Book of Hours, which, is, which are the illustrated manuscripts from the Middle Ages with a lot of gold and blues and reds and very intricate illustrations. And I said, yes, I've always loved the medieval work of the illustrated manuscripts. And she said, let's do it. So we clicked and it worked and they turned out to be beautiful. That's great. So I'd like to know what the title 21 Olive Trees means. Yes. So I picked 21 because 21 was the age of my son when he passed He was 21 years old. And I picked the olive tree because I knew that this was going to be a book that would bring strength to people. Okay. And so the olive tree is really one of my favorite trees because it symbolizes strength and power. The olive tree grows in the Mediterranean basin mainly. And you'll see olive trees that are 300, 400, 500 years old, and they'll withstand all sorts of uh, weather, you know, and they're wonderful. They're powerful. And I picked the olive tree because of that. For me, it was a way for me to say, you are strong. You can start again. You can withstand this. And also, I am planning on planting 21 olive trees at a healing sanctuary that I'm currently creating as well. Wow. So, Laura, you're involved in a lot of philanthropy focused on animals. Please tell us how you got involved with helping animals. So, in my previous life, I was in archaeology. I always loved 
to travel. And I love the adrenaline of digging and researching. And it was really a great way for me to travel and work at the same time. But then the more I traveled, the more I realized the disparity between rich and poor in the world. And I realized that there were a lot of stray animals, a lot of poor people, a lot of uh, struggling human beings and creatures around the world. So because I was traveling so much with the archaeology, I realized all of that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And so that led me to photography, okay? And photography in a way where I would capture people's everyday life, especially with the nonprofit organizations. I was really interested in capturing their perseverance and grit in going, even if they didn't have enough money to keep going. I've always loved animals. And so a lot of the work that I did with the photography was ethical photography for animal welfare organizations, which has led me to travel all over the place, Central America, (laughs) South America, Africa. And it's been wonderful, wonderful. It sounds like it. So are you still traveling the world? I am. Yes. And in fact, in October, I'm going back to Costa Rica, where I'm planning on creating a, an animal sanctuary and where I'm, I'll plant the 21 olive trees in honor of my son, but also because it's my way of creating something pragmatic out of this book. It's going to be connected to the book. It's my way of saying strength is possible. Transformation is possible. And let's do it together. What a great message. So in your travels, who has made the biggest impact on you? Has there been any one person that you will never forget? Definitely. I would say Mama John, whom I met in 2018. She was the founder of a children's home in the outskirts of Nairobi in Kenya. And she was a poor woman from Nairobi who started adopting a few children from the slums of Nairobi into her home. And she did not have a big home, but sooner than later, she realized that she needed to do something more because there were so many children that who needed help. The slums of Nairobi are probably the biggest in Africa with one plus million people living there. And so sooner than later, she found the perfect people who fundraised for her and helped her to create the children's home. And she ended up having 120 children in the home. And when I met Mama Johns, she asked me to work with her. And I did some photography work with her. I did some fundraising for her. And she told me that nothing is impossible if you keep your faith, because she was a very religious woman. And she always believed that Nothing is impossible if we believe in ourselves. Absolutely. So are you planning to write another book, Laura? Yes, I have already, in fact, finished another book. And the title of this book is Coming Home. And in fact, it's the story of my experience working with Mama John and the orphans at the children's home back in 2019, 18 and 19, where I collected the autobiographies of the children. And the book is really about hope and transformation and how these children, regardless of how they grew up in the very poor environment they grew up, they grew up with a lot of love, surrounded by love. And it's my way of expressing how much 
money and power are not necessarily what we need in everyday life, but how love is really the most healing aspect of life and portrayed enough through their autobiographies. Absolutely. So what has been the most rewarding experience for you since publishing your book? Well, this book, I received an amazing endorsement from Deepak Chopra. And it was an amazing experience because I believe in a loving action, how we can all put love into action and make a better world. Okay. And he is also a proponent of loving action. And in fact, he just had a wonderful webinar with Marianne Williamson. The book was picked up by an external agent who decided to translate it into four different languages. So it's going to be translated into Portuguese and French, German, and Italian. And so that's been wonderful as well. Absolutely. And a lot of libraries too, all over the country. So I'm really excited about it. That's great. So what do you hope people will gain by reading 21 Olive Trees? I would say my desire is that people who are going through the loss of someone, people who are grieving, that they understand that they don't have to be stuck in grief, that they can move on, okay? Because this book is really my personal journey of transformation, where I can show that it is possible to heal from grief. What is grief, really? Grief is love that has nowhere to go. So if we are able to let the love flow wherever it's needed, okay, towards the planet, towards the animals, towards people who are really in need of our love, then we can heal ourselves. It is possible to heal and not to be stuck in grief anymore. I like that. So now, will you please read a short excerpt from 21 Olive Trees for our listeners? Sure. Experiencing the loss of a dear loved one transforms what you thought their life was about. Even though their life can never be restored, it is in your power to create lasting change in their honor and breathe new life into their memory. Even the simple act of planting one tree can make a difference. And one day, a person may sit in the shade of that tree, thanks to your choosing not to give into your pain. It is my experience that transforming my pain in this positive way brought me back home in a spiritual sense. Everything in nature transforms. We all belong to that constant natural process of change, including birth, death, and rebirth. Doesn't the butterfly leave its chrysalis to take to the air on its new wings? Doesn't the barred owl roost in its majestic nest only to leave it after nesting season is over? Doesn't transformation always include a next phase? We all transform eventually. We all do. No one gets out of life alive. This wisdom became clear to me after a few months of painful, unbearable grieving, filled with wild mood swings, up and down, and then back up, sideways, and back down again. And all of that began the minute I was notified that my son Blaze had taken his life. I just wanted to pause here one second because I wanted to also read one of the poems that I wrote. Is that okay? Absolutely. It's okay. What difference does it make? What difference does it make if you are here in the flesh or in spirit, knowing that you have always existed and always will? What difference does it make? 
knowing that we have always been connected and always will be in one way or the other. What difference does it make knowing that you have now transformed and that here on earth, your light will keep on shining upon those who have lost theirs. I thank you for your support. I thank you for your love. And especially, I thank you for your light, your mom in this lifetime, your friend forever. April 26, 2020, Cahuila Tuebnet, Cien Overlook, San Bernardino National Forest, California. Oh my gosh, that was a beautiful excerpt. So where can we learn more about you, Laura, and where can we purchase 21 olive trees? My website is the best way to learn about me. That is lauraformentini.com, L-A-U-R-A, F as in Frank, O-R-M-E-N-T-I-N-I.com. And the book can be purchased directly from the website, but it's also available at all major retail bookstores around the country. And there's information about you. I believe you also have a blog and a travel log. Is that correct? I do. I have information about my travel blog, all the nonprofit work that I have done, that I'm still doing. And there are also a lot of opportunities on my website for you, for the reader, to get involved with any of these nonprofits. And they're animal welfare nonprofits, but there's also a couple of orphanages that are always in need and lots of good stuff in there. So, yeah. <laughs> We've been talking with Laura Formentini, author of 21 Olive Trees, A Mother's Walk Through the Grief and Suicide to Hope and Healing. Laura, thank you so much for sharing your journey and your son Blaze with us today. It certainly touched my heart, and I'm sure it will touch our audience as well. So when you publish your next book, will you please come back and chat with us again? I would love to. Thank you, Linda. Deepak Chopra wrote, Laura Formentini has written a lovely book of life lessons through stories, poems, and vignettes of insight and wisdom and revelation. The ultimate result is reinventing life through conscious awareness of life's daily miracles of healing, transformation, and liberation. I highly recommend it. Well, if that review and this interview has you wanting more, go to lauraformantini.com and order your copy today. And when you finish reading, don't forget to post your review and please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with their author. And remember, the author show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on major platforms such as Amazon Fire TV, the Roku channel, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and many more. Whether you are an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. Theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.